There was one time I was, um, I was home for um, summer break, and I was painting two houses, um, and I was over at a house doing some painting, and I was headed back to my parents' house, who so I, was, I was also painting their house. And I just had this excruciating pain in the roof of my mouth and, um, as I was driving home. And it wasn't just maybe a couple of miles from my parents' house. And uh, so I, it just got worse and worse. And as I came up to a stop sign, it just really started hurting. And I said, this is crazy. So I stuck my finger in my mouth, on the roof of my mouth, and I just said, God, just take this pain away. That quick. And it was gone. And uh, we just we have to have faith. Have to have faith. So let me share another story with you. This one's a little bit more humorous. Um, when I was in Bible college, before I went to Bible college, uh, I went to second semester. The first semester, um, there were some students, in, and one of them needed to um, use his whole trunk. Remember, he used to have the spare tire in the trunk, take up space. So he took it out, and he put it in his room. They called it the Tire of Babel. And during finals, during finals, they decided to, um, they wanted to see if they could to have some fun. So during finals, tension, you know, was up a little bit and everything else. So they went into one end of the hall and they yelled, anybody who wants to be healed, step out into the hallway. They rolled it down to see if they could hit any guys who then needed healing because they'd been run over by a tire. So we're not going to do that tonight, so Nathan, you can put the tire away, and we won't have you step out into the aisle and, and do that. But healing, there's lots of notes um, tonight. I uh, apologize for that, but I, I want to teach on this. And uh, healing is something that hopefully each and every one of you have experienced. Um, and if you haven't, God bless you, you know, for, you know, having good health and... and um, but generally, everybody at some point or another, if you walk with God, God will heal you. God will heal you, and he'll touch you. And um, there's reasons for the sickness and all that. We'll get into that tonight. John chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. After these things, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porticles. In these lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, and withered, waiting for the moving of the waters. For an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever then first, after the stirring up of the water, stepped in was made well from whatever disease that which he was afflicted. Now can you imagine, can you imagine going down probably every day because if you are disabled or whatever, you're not working, and they just go by this pool, and they're waiting, they're just watching for the water to be stilled that whoever gets in first, they're going to be healed. What a life. What a life. And you can see that if you read the Old Testament, the guy by the gate beautiful, every day he was taken to the gate beautiful and sat there. What a life. God wants us to have life and have it more abundantly. So he says it. He says those who were afflicted, sick, blind, lame, withered, they were waiting for the moving of the waters. A man was there who had been ill for 38 years. 
When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been a long time in that condition, he said to him, do you wish to get well? One of the things, I, I don't have my notes, but one of the things that you'll know about Jesus, he asked a lot of questions. I mean, this is kind of a crazy question. Do you want to get well? Of course he wants to get well. But sometimes it wasn't for Jesus to understand. It was for that person. It's for us to understand what Jesus is really. Do you have faith? Do you really want to get well? There's sometimes that people, they, they kind of like living in their sickness and their pain. Ever meet those kind of people? I used to work at Robert's Brothers years ago, and there was a lady who came in, and so I was just the next salesman to wait on somebody. Went up to her, and I said, hi, how are you doing? Well, in the next 15 minutes, she told me about the last five surgeries that she had had. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Do you want a shirt or a tie to go with that? Or, you know, I just met this lady, and she told me about these five surgeries that she's had. She just kind of liked to live there. Do you wish to get well? The sick man answered him, yes. I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your pallet, and walk. And immediately the man became well, picked up his pallet, and he began to walk. Now there's lots of things about this story, and I just I kind of started to just to see this, the things that Jesus has done as an example. There were many other people, but how many got healed that day? Just one. That's it, all it's recorded. It's just the one. It says there was many others that were there, but only one got healed. Um, and there's many stories about Jesus and him healing. So number one, the source, let's go back to the very beginning. The source of sickness and death goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. Oh, don't you love that couple? Adam and Eve. The Lord told Adam in Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. The Lord commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. You will surely die. Now, they really didn't understand that. Everything was perfect at that point. Adam and Eve were to live forever. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Everything was great. There was no sickness. There was no sin. There was no problems. All they had to do was just do exactly what God wanted them to do. And they were to cultivate the garden. They were to name the animals. And now we see that he gives them one command, and that is to not to eat from the tree of good and evil, the knowledge of good and evil. And then you know the rest of the story. What happened is that they partook of the fruit and sin entered into the world. And when sin enters into the world, now it changes everything. We see that in uh, Romans 5, 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world and death, sin entered into the world and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because, what? All sinned. So, listen, you can blame Adam and Eve all you want, but we are also to blame. We are to blame for the sin of this world. We are to blame for the sickness of this world. And I'll get into that in just a few minutes. Because some people say, oh, because of your sin, you're, that's why you're sick. I'll get into that. 
but because all have sinned. It started at the moment of disobedience, then sin comes into the world, and because of that, there's always a punishment. If you do anything wrong, if you've raised your children in any way and you give them rules and they break the rules, there should be a punishment that comes. God has always been the same way. And so they broke the rules, and so we see that there is a punishment to come. There is a sickness. And the thing is, is really, we deserve death right away. But we have this, this thing called sickness. We have this thing called sickness. And for all of us, death will come. Death will come. And it will come in many different ways, as we have seen people in our life who have passed away. It started a moment of disobedience. When disobedience comes, consequences. When sin comes, penalties. Because Adam and Eve, we have sickness today. But it all leads to death in 2 Corinthians 4.16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though our outward man is decaying. This is such a happy message, isn't it? Yes, I'm dying on the outside. It'll get better. Hang on, hang on. Yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. And you all know that. The older do we get, the harder it is for us to go upstairs. Older, yeah, it's harder for us to do this and and all these kinds of things. Those who you are younger, you know, you're under the age of 30. Oh, God bless you. God bless you. Us older ones, we're decaying. It says right there, the outer man is decaying. But day by day. And really, it doesn't matter what happens on the outside. What matters is what's on the inside. Well, what about our own sin? I've heard people say that because of your sin, you are sick. Because of your own sin, you are sick. Now, let me clarify. Is that true? Yes and no. Does that help? I just clarified. It's not because of your direct sin that you are sick. Okay? But it's because of sin that you're sick. Because of sin in the world, we have sickness. Now, if you smoke three packs of cigarettes a day for 30 years and you get lung cancer, guess what? You had a hand in it, okay? You have just darkened your lungs and you have caused that, and I've seen people like that. And the thing is, is a lot of times people think, you know, now that I've accepted Jesus Christ, everything's going to be good. No, if you have done things to your body when you were younger or when you shouldn't have been doing things to them, you still can pay the consequences for that. You can still pay the consequences for that. Sometimes we do have a hand in that, and sometimes we do uh, bring that along. But listen, it is the sin of the world, yours included, which causes sickness in the world. It's the sin of the world, everybody, yours included, which is why we have sin, sickness in the world. That doesn't mean that we can come and we can do whatever we want. So let me meddle, if I could, for just a few minutes. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we should take care of these bodies. Now, this is a big issue. If you watch the news nowadays, um, there's a lot of people who are not taking care of their bodies. 
That's what I said. I'm going to meddle for a few minutes. I'm going to try and help. Um, we, we, we only, we're only given one body. And when this one wears out, whatever it does, that's it. That's it. And we should, we should take care of our bodies the best that we can. Now, I'm not saying, you know, that you need to be, you know, physically fit and those kinds of things, but there are things that we can do because our bodies also bring glory unto God. Maybe you didn't know that. Our bodies, because we are created in His image. And if you look at what God has created, it should bring glory back unto God. We are created in His image. And so we should take care of that thing which houses the Holy Spirit. If you, if you had a, a pitcher at home and, uh, you know, it had a crack in it and, you know, it, it was all messed up or whatever, and you had company coming over, I mean, you had Billy Graham coming over to your house, do you think you'd pull out that old pitcher? I don't think so. I don't think so. So we, sh- we should take care of what God has given unto us. And you know, it's easy for me to say that. I- I'll-, I'll be honest. It's easy for me to say that because I'm thin. You don't hear too many messages on gluttony, do you? Thank you for those amens. Yeah. <laughs> when was the last time you heard a message on gluttony? We don't hear it. When was the last time you heard a message on, you know, take care of the temple? So, okay. I'll get off that subject. The devil himself is the author of sickness and death. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, you know that, I'm sorry, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. It's the work of the devil. For God was with him. God is not the one who puts sickness on us, but he does allow us to get sick. He does allow us to get sick. God puts plagues, and you can go and you can see where God has allowed plagues to come in and do different things. You can see where God's allowed death to come. When David counted the the, the people, you could see that there were 70,000 that were killed. God allows those things to happen. The devil can't destroy God, but he can try and destroy what God has created. And so sickness comes. Sickness comes. I believe that we go through sickness for a reason. And this is the biggest reason that I have found. I go to the hospital every week, sometimes every day in a week, sometimes three or four times in a day, and I see sick people all the time. And I, lots of times I tell them this, the reason why you're sick is to draw you back to God. Because what happens, just like what you know, Jenny shared in her story, what did she do? She cried out to God, and she probably cried out to God a little bit more during the time she was sick. How many of you, when you have been sick, you said, oh, God, please help me, help me, help me, and you pray a little bit more? God sometimes, I think, allows us to get sick so that we'll draw closer to him, so that we'll draw closer to him. That as you're laying there, whether in the hospital bed, whether, whatever it happens to be, that, you know, you just cry out to God because he wants to hear from us. And I really have believed that there's times when people have gone into the hospital, and I've heard them say this, that, yeah, 
I think that God has me here for a reason. I haven't talked to him in a long time. He said, well, guess what? <laughs> You've got time now. You're not doing anything but laying in a hospital bed. You're not doing anything else except for them coming and working on you. I think it's, it's a time for us to draw closer to God. He is, God is the giver of life. He is the giver of life. And he wants us to live. But because of sin, it says that we are wasting away. And let me just tell you that also, even when we get healing, it's temporary. It is only temporary. If God heals you, it's temporary because you don't live forever. You don't live forever. So the healing that you have is only temporary. It's only during this life that we have that healing. Even Lazarus, who was raised from the dead, he died again. He was healed. He was healed, and yet he died again. There is a body coming for us, though, that God will give unto us. And it's amazing, and it's glorified. And that's the body that I want. But we have to wait until we get to heaven. We have to wait until we get to heaven. There is no sickness. There is no thing that will destroy that glorified body. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know if it has wings. I don't know if it glows in the dark. I don't know any of that. I just know it's glorified, which means it glorifies God. And that's the body that when, when we leave this earth, we will get. If you have Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And that's what we should be looking forward to. This body doesn't work like it should. You know, I used to be able to climb three stairs at the same time. Man, I'm happy to get two. And I told people, if I can't get two steps at a time, just shoot me. You know. It's, life isn't worth living. Come on. I know one of these days I'll be like, eh. <laughs> what happened to two? I can't even make one. And that's when I have a belt around my waist and some nurse is trying to help me up that one step. So, The devil can have this shell. I want the new one. I want the new one. And I think that God is more concerned about the inner man than he is about the outer man. He's concerned about the out, but he really is more concerned about the inside. And that's, that's, that's the body that we need to take care of, the inner man. So number two, God's provision for sickness. God's provision for sickness. It is his character and nature to heal. In Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, it says, For I am the Lord, am your healer. Who is he? He's our healer. And in the Hebrew, that means that I am your physician. That's what that word means. I am your physician. In Psalms chapter 103, Three, who pardons our iniquities? God. Who heals our diseases, all of our diseases? God does. Jesus is our example in the New Testament of what God was wanting to do. He did so many miracles, and a lot of those were when he healed people. Read the New Testament. Read the Gospels. For the woman who had the issue of blood, the blind, the lepers, those he raised from the dead, Jesus prayed and it happened. Jesus prayed and it happened. We can spend the rest of the night talking about all those times when we have been touched, when we've been healed. 
And I know myself that God has healed me many times. Has healed me many times. Has kept me from a lot of different things. One of the things that Jesus did the most was heal people. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. Jesus was going throughout all Judea, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. Wouldn't it be great to have Jesus living amongst us now? Yes. Matthew 8, 5 through 7. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, imploring him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Matthew 12, 15. But Jesus, aware of this, withdrew from there. Many followed him, and he healed them all. He healed them all. And it was the thing that was interesting is that a lot of times when people were healed, what did they do? They followed after Jesus. They followed after Jesus. It's a story. It brings glory unto God, and it points people back to God. The Scripture is for us also. The character of Jesus was to heal, but he also passed that uh, he also passed that on to his disciples and unto us today. He passed it on to his disciples and unto us. In Mark chapter 16, this was the sending out of his disciples. He said, these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They will recover. Now, I'll be honest with you, I don't care for snakes. Um, never have, probably never will. And I, I've never, I've drank some things that weren't so good, but never anything that was poisonous that I don't think I've ever gotten sick from. But God tells us right there, as Jesus said, he goes, if they do these things. Now, it's not for us to tempt. It's not for us to tempt. You go down to Kentucky, there's churches down there that they'll pull snakes out and they'll pick them up and they will do all kinds of things. Don't necessarily recommend that you do that. It's not for us to tempt. You can see the story when Paul is, he's picked up some firewood and as he puts it on the fire, the snake bites onto him. He understood this scripture because he shook the snake off into the fire and it didn't harm him. They were waiting for him to die. They said because of his sin, this is the punishment that comes on him. And Paul just went about his business. Didn't hurt him. Probably each and every one of us, without knowing it, has been probably sick or had something that could harm us, and God has taken care of it for us because he loves us so much. God wants to touch and heal us. And it says there that if we, if we, they will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. The Scripture is for us. I don't recommend that, you know, like I said, that we do the other things. But praying for people, yes. Yes. And that's what we're supposed to do. And it, it should be happening more. Hopefully she won't mind. But somebody here in the sanctuary, uh, a couple of weeks ago, she came to me and I, she was having back problems. And I prayed for her. Went home that day. It's gone. She called me the next day say, hey. Pastor Paul, remember praying for me yesterday? I said, yes. 
She goes, the pain went away. That's the way it's supposed to happen. Why why do we doubt? Why do we doubt? God wants us to pray for people to get healed. And, I, you know, that's the thing that I always pray for is that when I go into the hospital, oh, I'd love to just go down to each room and pray for people and them get up and walk out. Listen, you don't have to pay for the rest of us. Walk out. <laughs> hospital has enough money. Walk out. You've been healed. You've been healed. God wants us to pray for people to get healed. See, Jesus tells us that it should happen in John chapter 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you that he who believes in me, the works that I do, what are some of those works? Healing. He will do also, and greater works shall you do because I go to my Father. It should be part of our nature that people are healed when we pray for them. So lastly, God's purpose. God's purpose. John chapter 9 One of my favorite stories, 1 through 7. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? Great question. See, they they had the thought that because of someone's sin, and this is where some people get it, because of their sin, they have now sickness. They They asked Jesus that question. Who is it that had the sin? Was it him or was it his parents that he's blind? He's born blind. Sometimes God just does things or allows things to happen. Jesus answered, It was neither that that man sinned nor his parents. This is, this is the point. But it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. That's why I like this story. In other words, he's saying because it shows the glory of God. It shows the glory of God. My older sister, I've asked you to pray for her many times, Renee. My mom and her were um, defrosting a freezer. This was a number of years ago. And um, so they were putting hot water in the freezer. You know how you do that? Shut the door and melts the ice that's in there and everything that was built up. And my sister accidentally spilled that hot water on herself. And um, so my mom... Asked, she goes, let me pray for you. And my sister said, no. And uh, so they kind of went on, did some other things. And my mom could see that my sister was still suffering in some pain. She goes, let me pray for you. And she said, no. And so finally, as the day went on, it got to be a little excruciating. And my, she finally came to my mom. She goes, will you pray? And she said, she, she prayed. And she goes, as soon as she got done praying, she goes, the pain was gone. The pain was gone. That's the way that it should be. But it was up to my sister to come and let it happen. To come and let it happen. It's for God's glory. She didn't didn't want to go to God. She didn't want to go to God. But it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. Night is coming when no man can work. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. When he, when he had said this, he spat on the ground and made clay of spittle and applied the clay to his eyes. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Shalom, which is translated sent. So he went away and he washed, and he came back seeing. Here's the thing about Jesus Christ. He did it different ways. 
Sometimes he just spoke it. Sometimes he touched them. Sometimes he, you know, spit on the ground. There's no pattern. Because if there was a pattern, we'd say, okay, this is how I have to do it. This is what I need to do. I need to come. I need to do this. And it's, I'm going to be healed. Now, you can't put God in a box. Can't put God in a box. And so this time we see that he, he spit on the ground, made some mud, and put it in his eyes. Now, wouldn't that be a great ministry? I got the mud ministry. Come up here, I'm going to slap some mud on you, and you go and wash. God's going to heal you. But for this man, it was for him to be obedient. He told him what to do afterwards, go and wash. And when he did, he could see. It is for God's glory that we are healed. It's to point us heavenward, that we know that also that God loves us, and that God has all power, that others also see and believe, that also that they can see the glory of God. Did you catch all that? It's to help us to look up, upward, that we would know that God loves us, that He has all power, that others can see and believe, and that they can also see the glory of God and accept Him. Jesus commissioned his disciples to go and heal in Matthew chapter 10, 7 and 8. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leopards, cast out demons. Freely you receive, freely give. One of the things that I have, I've asked God for this, that someday that I'd be able to raise somebody from the dead. I get a little scared every time I preach, especially like tonight, that the back door is going to open up and there's an ambulance sitting there with a gurney and they're coming down here and I'm going to have to do something about it. I say that kind of jokingly, but that would, uh, you know, I've asked God, I said, if I ever get the opportunity to pray for somebody, to raise them from the dead, uh, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready. I, had, I, I shared that story one time and I had somebody come to me the next day who goes to this church, and she goes, listen, if I die, you better not pray for me. I want to stay dead. <laughs> Don't bring me back from heaven. I said, okay, I won't pray for you. <laughs> she was very serious. So, Jesus commissioned his disciples to go and to heal. But also, healing comes through the atonement. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, Surely our griefs... Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, and chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging we are healed. It's the work that Jesus did for us. In the New Testament, we see Peter tells us the same thing. 1 Peter 2, 24. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds, we were healed. We were healed. Jesus has made a way through the stripes that he endured for our healing. That means... The means of our healing, it comes by faith. Faith in the Almighty God. Faith that God can do it. 
that we seek his presence in our life through the word of God, worship, and prayer, that we take care of the first thing, and that's the sin issue, that we look inward and make sure that, you know, we're clean, any unconfessed sin, and that we understand that God allows us to go through sickness at times. And also know that there's no set pattern for healing. There's no set pattern for healing. Through through the disciples, they saw healings from handkerchiefs being placed on people. Even Peter's shadow. It says they were bringing people out into the street that they were hoping that Peter's shadow would just be cast on them and they'd be healed. Wow. That is amazing. Let it happen again. Let it happen again. So in conclusion, all healing comes from God. He doesn't promise that all would be healed. He doesn't promise that we'll all be healed. Which is hard. It's not about us, but but about God and bringing Him glory. And if you don't get healed here, you'll get healed on the other side. You believe that? If you don't get healed here, you'll get healed on the other side. And you have to have faith. You have to have faith.